All right, Neil, are you excited? I'm very excited, Josh. I'm not sure what I'm excited for. Are you excited to talk about the Steelers game? (laughs) All right, there wasn't one. (laughs) Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. All right, welcome everyone to the Shoot Your Thought podcast, episode two. We're doing it. We got a great show for you guys today. We got, we're going to talk about the James Harden deal that happened last week that shook the NBA world. We're going to talk about the Leafs and how their season's looking. We're going to talk about this great weekend that's coming up in UFC. And of course, everyone's NFL divisional playoff weekend that we get to talk about as well. All righty, Neil, how you doing? How was your week? Doing good, Josh. Just uh, coming down after a crazy day and night of, of football last night. Some crazy. Yeah. A lot know, happened. Did... Some crazy games yesterday. Some crazy things wow. happened in those games. Yeah. Also, I want to I want to apologize for that little jab. I mean, like, not really apologize, but like, you know, sorry if I hurt your feelings a little bit. It's okay. As Steelers fans know, you know how butthurt you are about the Giants season and. Yeah, I'm not ready to talk about that. Yet. We're gonna be okay moving forward here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, if you guys hear uh, like loud noises on the podcast, just uh, assume it's something flying at my head from Neil from across the table. All right, uh, Neil, if you're like me, you've been uh, binging a lot of shows, right? In I have this, been. In this yeah, weird through, lockdown phase, through right? this uh, pandemic. Yeah, I've definitely been binging some shows. What are what are some of your favorites for our listeners? I I, I was really into the show on Crave called Succession. Mm, yeah, uh, that was. I'm waiting for another season to come out. Uh, final season of Ozark. Ozark, Waiting yeah. for that to come out as Boy, well. Jason Bateman. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but um, they have this new HBO documentary out now called Tiger. I have not. No. I've I really want to see it, though. I've seen the first episode of it, but I haven't. the me. second Tell episode me. came out last night. I'm probably going to end up watching that tonight. But mm-hmm. the first episode was crazy. I mean, if you're anything like me growing up, playing Tiger Woods, PGA Tour golf, uh, learning how to golf you know like i'm like tiger woods was instrumental he was an idol he was someone you look up to you know as someone who changed the world of golf and just broke a lot of barriers yeah exactly he did break a lot of barriers yeah he was Mm -hmm. really uh a big part of the early thousands or late 1990s Mm -hmm. yeah he's i mean he's still seeing some success now you know like it's it it was it's a crazy comeback story i'm not going to give anything away from yeah, the first no episode, for but sure. basically this series is painting a portrait of a phenom who was never allowed to be a kid. It kind of talks about his dad and his upbringing and and everything he had to go through and, and endure and how that shaped who he is now. Have you, um, do you have Disney Plus? I do not, no. I, I got to tell you, watching the old Disney shows, like the ones that you, you grew up with as a kid, like re-watching them on Disney Plus right now is just like, the the greatest throwback nostalgia feel good some great nostalgia I bet, oh yeah. my god yeah even stevens that was like that i think that that brought me into comedy that's the reason why oh, yeah. i'm you know i'm so funny as you can probably tell right hilarious hilarious yeah of yeah. course um one of the big things i forgot to talk about last week actually was me um you know the greatest sports moments was was me actually being in jurassic park when the raptors won the championship oh yeah i completely forgot like i didn't forget i just didn't i wanted to stay humble you know but I got to watch that, you know, not only watched them win the championship, but I got to yeah. watch that with, you know, 
Toronto's own John Tory. I mean, like Big JT, Big JT. He yeah, like Drake was there. Whatever, like he he brought like John Tory brought his friend Drake. But you know that was that was huge. You know, you, how often do you say you get to watch the Raptors win a championship with Toronto's very own? You know, six god John Tory. Was John Tory actually there, just swagging out for the victory? He was. The yeah. He he was. He had a he had a blinged out uh, jacket on, and it was it was awesome. Um, do you want to talk this uh, this mega NBA news that happened last week? I don't know. I, I mean, I was I was completely shocked that it happened so quickly. I don't know if you saw, but um, or our listeners out there saw how this transpired. But basically, earlier this week, on the heels of getting blown out by the LA Lakers, James Harden went on the record during his press conference by stating, "Quote: uh, The Rockets are just not good enough. I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can." I mean, this situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. End quote. That's a that's a heavy jab at the team he's currently or well, played for at the time. I don't know how you go about. I mean, a team who's paying you upwards of fifty million dollars a year. Yeah. Say something like that, and also at the same time, throw your current teammates under the bus. You know, yeah. that's just. I think that was the final nail in the coffin for the Rockets. They had a few offers on the table. After that press conference, the next morning, Harden was subsequently traded to the Brooklyn Nets for, I mean, and probably what I've seen is the biggest blockbuster deal of the year. Yeah. And, I mean, considering last year as well, this was a four-team deal that also sent Karis LeVert to the Pacers as well as Victor Oladipo. And I couldn't believe when I saw this, but an astounding four first round picks to Houston. Four first round picks. Houston is, yeah. is Houston has a future now. I mean, they didn't necessarily, uh, you know, coming into the season with John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, you know, nearing the yeah. end of their career. Um, but also, yeah, these players just came into Houston, and you have a player that's going in after nine games into the season, talking about how this team is just not good enough. You know, this is a problem that just can't be fixed. Like, how does that make you feel? And you saw, I don't know if you saw the DeMarcus Cousins interview where he just came out and said, you know, the disrespect started before any interview with James Harden. I just thought it was fucking crazy that a team would sell out their next four first rounders. I mean, this might not be so bad if they're... Well, they're going all in. Like a top team every year and they make the playoffs and they go far in the playoffs. This is going to be a late first round pick each year. But what if they're not? You know, yeah. and we've seen teams uh, get really good from draft picks by stacking up these first rounders. Brooklyn has been at fault by doing this, by giving their a, a ton of first rounders to Boston, which Boston used to draft guys like Tatum, mm-hmm. Brown. Yeah. Their young core is due and to. Now Boston has a huge future, yeah. Many years ago when Brooklyn traded for Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett, they gave away a lot of first-rounders that time. Are we going to see something similar to that here again? I think we might. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, people keep talking about, you know, the big threes. That That is, you know, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. But it's not even a big three yet because who knows if Kyrie's actually going to even play this season. Yeah. Like, he's out for, he's been out for just over a week now. And still nobody knows why he's out. They're calling it personal reasons. I, I, no one knows what's going on with Kyrie right now. We're, we're seeing footage come out of him at different parties. 
like family parties and whatnot, but who like if you're getting paid that much money and you're basically saying, I don't want to play, I don't feel like playing, you know, like I what if what if this was the Brooklyn Nets and they just tell Kyrie, I don't feel like paying your contract today? You know, yeah. is it does it work the same way like yeah. that? I don't think I think if you're signed under contract, you're physically fit to play, you should play. No questions asked. I Absolutely. mean that's that's what you're signed up for. That's the profession you chose. I don't think you can choose whether you want to play or not. On top of that, what message are you sending to your your teammates, to your, your teammates, fan base, yeah. right? Like, what are you, what are you really doing there? I think that at the end of the day, like if this deal will work out, if Brooklyn is to become a, a powerhouse and go far and challenge for the championship, then the X factor of this deal is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shaq actually said it after the uh, the trade was announced on NBA on TNT was that if they don't if they don't make the finals if they don't win the championship I think it's a bust for them this season. Yeah, it's just championship or bust. I know these players are still under contract over the next few years, but in my opinion, if they don't win a championship this year, next year, or however long all three of these mega stars are under contract, then this deal is going to be considered a bust i think that this is a great haul for houston i mean just the fact that they acquired not only all of these draft picks but they also acquired victor oladipo yeah i think that's they're going to come out on top and and you know no other team could match that i know philly had an offer on the table for them as well but i think that they did a really good job in getting value back for james harden yeah absolutely and I think I think both parties, you know, James Harden and the Rockets, wanted to part ways in this. I think that was pretty obvious. I think I mean, they like, had to. Yeah, James know? Harden just, you know, he stopped caring. It kind of reminded me of the the era back in the day when Vince Carter was on the Raptors and he didn't want to play for the Raptors anymore, and he kind of stopped trying. Yeah, he, he came out and said, "Oh, he's not going to dunk anymore. Dunking is a thing of the past. Like he's not." Yeah, he stopped caring. Player. He stopped giving a shit. So they had to trade him and. You know, this trade, what what the Houston Rockets got for James Harden compared to what the Toronto Raptors got yeah. for Vince Carter back then. Yeah. It's it's remarkable. You know, Night I and day. absolutely. Yeah. Um but if you're if you're in the East, if you're the Raptors, if you're the Bucks, if you're the Sixers, mm-hmm. if you're the Heat, um you, how do you feel about about this trade? You know, you got these players that are just coming into the East and you know, creating these super teams and thinking you know, they're like texting each other saying like, you guys want to go like win a championship in the East, just like take over and just like walk through the Eastern Conference playoffs and just make it to the finals and win a championship. Do you guys want to do that? Let's meet up and do that. Like if you're Giannis, who just signed a max deal, if you're, you know, Jimmy Butler, who's got a really good thing going with Miami right now, if you're Embiid, who's, you know, hungry, he's, you know, trusting the process, you know, how do you feel about this? Like you got to be pissed off. Yeah, I mean, like, if anything, this just creates... There was a lot of parity in the league. You saw a lot of, like, teams with really good duos. You know, the, the, the big the big three on teams wasn't a thing anymore. And you saw a lot of teams actually having a fair shot and a lot more competitiveness from teams, especially in the East, right? You saw the Raptors taking it down a few years ago. Last year, you saw how good Boston could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good Philly could be. You know, Philly has had a great start this year, but now you have five or six teams. Put the Heat in there as well. You have five or six really good teams that can compete, you know, and that can give 
Brooklyn now a, a run for their money. So it should be interesting to see moving forward how this East uh, outcome shapes up. But we know the West is, has been stacked with stars for so many years, but you now start to see a lot of these players in the, in the East. Yeah, for sure. People are moving, uh, moving their way across the NBA. Uh, we talk about big threes and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this could go down. It's one of the greatest big threes of all time. Mm-hmm. What are some other great big threes, in, you know, in the history of the NBA that, you know, will live on as NBA legends? Well, you, I mean, if you're going to think about big threes, you, you, the first thing that comes to mind of recent, right, is, is the Warriors' greatness for their, their so-called dynasty, right, with, with Curry, Clay, Green, uh, if you want to add Durant in there for his time, the big four. And then you also think of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, the big three in Miami for, for those years. Then you think back to Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, or even Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, you know, the, the greatness that the Lakers had. Or even further back, Jordan Pippen Rodman. I mean, these are these are some historic big threes that have had a lot of success. I think James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, definitely the best skilled trio of all time. Yeah, they that, look in my really opi- good on paper right now. In my opinion, they're in terms of skill on paper, there's no no question they're all skilled individually. How all three players play together is what will make this special. It was what will make this work, right? Can they play together? Can they form chemistry? We've seen chemistry in a few years ago in OKC when James Harden and Durant played together. But I think the key to their success this year is Kyrie Irving. He's going to have to be the gel that kind of brings it all together. We have another, uh, another ball handler that we're adding to the backcourt. It, like on that team yeah can they share the ball they're all in need of having the ball in their hands right they're all iso players they're going to need to have the ball in their hands but can they put that aside and share the ball enough to make this work is it's it's yet to be seen that's the thing about this you know this trade this big three this potential big three is can they make it work because these are yeah like you said these are three players that need to have the ball yeah. you know and they need to have those other smaller range players that will you know sacrifice their own play to make themselves look good uh james harden and kevin durant looked really good on saturday when they played together um harden debuted for the nets but they we still haven't seen them with with kyrie irving um did you see james harden miraculously lose some weight over uh oh my span gosh of 24 yeah. hours. i don't know what diet he's on but sign me up he cause... okay james harden finessed everyone oh my gosh yeah <laughs> he finessed the the houston rockets he finessed all of the fan base, you know, like, I don't know he what. He just stopped caring about his, himself. Did like, you see that meme where, where it had, like, uh, him he, playing for the Rockets, like, in his uh, yeah, pre-game workout yeah. attire, and then him in his uh, new Nets attire, pre-game workout attire? Yeah. It was yeah, a different it was, guy. It was but crazy. He, you know, that's that's just the, the, his strategy is just he stopped caring about himself. You yeah. Know, that, that's you know, it's worked for me in past relationships, you know, just stopped caring about yourself. And then eventually, you know, they, they move on to someone else, you know, it's a, uh, it's a strategy that works. For I actually, people. I forwarded that meme to a friend of mine this morning and he replied with, he's like, I laughed out loud because that meme, literally the one on the left where he was overweight or looking overweight is me before 
or like after a relationship and the one on the right where I'm very fit is me before a relationship. Before so a relationship. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, we, t- we have this talk about big freeze, but I think you're forgetting about a, a very, a very big, big three, you know, that's going to live down in um, NBA history. And that's, you know, you look back to the NBA, the, the Raptors NBA championship team of, you know, the big three of Patrick McCaw, Jeremy Lin, Jordan Lloyd. Like, that team does not win a championship without that big three. You know, Neil? That might be the, uh, yeah, yeah. That might be one of the best bench big threes of all time. Like, they, I mean, they just carried that team on their back. And you know, you know that, that picture with Kawhi shooting that shot in game seven? Like, does that picture even happen without Jordan Lloyd, you know, standing next to him with his arm around him, you know, with the surprise look on his face? No, I don't think so. I don't think that play even happens. Is that guy still even in the NBA right now? He's not because he, oh. he wanted, he's like, I'm tired of making everyone else look bad. So I, I need to go on to a different league. But um, I, I think that's, that's one of the greatest big threes of all time, <laughs> in my opinion. Some other, another big thing that came out of this trade, Neil, was um, Karis LeVert. And yeah. we, we all know that he was heading to Indiana. He was going to, he had a bright future. He was no longer, you know, playing behind Kyrie Irving whenever Kyrie Irving was out. He, he was going to be in the starting lineup and he was going to be able to show, you know, his potential. But some interesting news, some really sad news, actually, that came out of this trade was that, you know, they were holding out announcing him as an Indiana Pacers player. And we, we weren't sure why. And then the news broke that in the pre-trade, um, you know, physical that he had, the MRI revealed a small mass on his kidney. And yeah. it's, it's horrible news to get as a player and as a fan, as, as a team. Um, but we still don't, we, at the time we're filming this, at least we or at the time we're recording this, we don't know the extent of what that means. Um, but you know, if this trade didn't go through and he didn't have to have that MRI, how long would this mass on his kidney been, you know, gone untreated or unnoticed? So this trade could have possibly saved his life. Yeah, definitely. I've never heard of this before where yeah. like you discover something and he had no sort of idea or no yeah, symptoms no idea. or no, like no, no like no pain or anything. He was playing like crazy. He was like, yeah, he was he was blown up on Brooklyn whenever Kyrie wasn't playing. Um, so yeah, there was no no symptoms at all. It's tough luck tough luck for uh, Karis LeVert because he just he had that gruesome injury a few years ago as well, and he worked his way back last yeah. year. And you saw him kind of shaking off the rest last year for for the Nets and. He's had a really, really good start to the year this year for the Nets coming off the bench. And it just, you know, you kind of, you have to feel for Karis LeVert, you know, everything he's gone through. and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we wish Karis LeVert all the best. Um, but some other big news in the sports world that dropped since episode one was uh, the Leafs started their season. And uh, they're looking pretty good. You know, they had um, some ring rust coming into the season, which is always, you know, that's typical Leafs fashion. But I think they look pretty good. They got some new weapons. They uh, they got Joe Thornton playing on uh, the top line with Matthews and Marner. Um, I think they look pretty good. What do you think, Neil? Mixed thoughts on Joe Thornton on the first line, um, especially in that first game. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he just he, in my opinion, he could not keep up with Marner and Matthews. You know, they dumped the puck in, and Joe Thornton would be slugging along. You know, barely getting into the zone. Uh, as Passed fast out as on the to. way there, gets back up, makes his way in. He, yeah, he just doesn't have the foot speed as he did when he was younger, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't know how long that experiment's going to continue, but mm. 
they they need to find another option on that line. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, he scored his first goal um, on the weekend. I think, uh, you know, he's he was any player you put at, alongside Matthews and Marner is going to look good. It's just a matter of who you put there. Yeah. I think, you know, for other teams, though, in terms of how they match up with that first line, I don't know if there is a specific way to match up with a big Joe Thornton alongside Matthews and Marner. I think that's that's really interesting. And that might have been what Keith, you know, was going into the season thinking. You know, he's yeah. he's going into the North Division. He he wants to, you know, keep teams on their heels. Like he could change it up at any point. And that's a huge change if you take Thornton off that line and put someone else up there. I really like what uh, Wayne Simmons has brought to the team as well. You've already seen Scarborough's positive. very own Wayne Simmons. Scarborough's very own. Yeah, he's he's brought a very uh, physical presence to the Leafs. And, you know, he's he's bringing something that they missed all of last year, which is that um, that toughness. Yeah, so he's, he's uh, really good in the very the very first game. He, he dropped the gloves. Yeah. And that was, you know, they, the team, the Leafs actually came back from that afterwards. And that was a game. TSN turning point. Of that, that was game. the TSN turning point. They were down two goals. And, you know, you, you knew they needed some sort of spark in that game. And. Wayne Simmons didn't really like he was actually going out of his way and asking. He's like, oh, okay, who's gonna drop the gloves with yeah. me here? Yeah. And, and he, enough, he found he... that opening where, you know, he someone was cross checking him right in front of the net. Yeah. And he, he, Wayne Simmons actually didn't drop the gloves first. He he was like, Oh, okay, we're doing this. Let's do it. Yeah. And he definitely held his own, which we all knew he was going to. But then afterwards, in um, you know, he he looked to the bench and he you know like raised his arms saying, like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And then once he actually got into the penalty box, he looked over um, and he gave the other guy the thumbs up saying, you know, thanks for the fight. Thanks for, you know, letting me put on that show for my team, which was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. I mean, after that after that play, after that fight, the Leafs, of course, scored two goals, forced overtime, yeah. and then eventually won it in overtime. But that's what you're going to see. You know, you're going to have to see some some real gutty performances here. You're going to have to play from behind a few games and – Having a player like that who can can give your team a spark will really help them in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Some other news that came out of this weekend was that Jason Spezza and Aaron Dell were placed on waivers. Yeah, I, Spezza went on record saying that if any team does, in, in fact, claim him off waivers... He'll just retire. He'll just retire. I think um, this might be his last year anyways. I th- like the, Him going on record saying that... like. The Leafs are dealing with some injuries right now. So I think this is more so uh, a move by the Leafs because of their salary cap to kind of bring up another player to to replace that injured player. But I don't see Jason Spezza retiring or going elsewhere right now. He's no. going to stay on the roster and he'll come back up and play. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough... I mean, it's been a tough couple years for Jason Spezza in Toronto. You know, Mike Babcock oh really, gosh. really disliked Spezza and found every chance of putting him in the doghouse last year and I don't think last week sorry to interrupt but I don't think last week I talked about how much I hate Mike Babcock yeah <laughs> I just when he eventually you know the long time coming firing of Mike Babcock I think Leafs fans just you know in unison just rejoiced and let out uh, a, a breath of fresh air a lot of the Leafs probably thought he was an asshole and he was such he wasn't an asshole. a great coach and uh I mean, like, mixed reviews. Like, Spezza definitely had a tough year with him last year. And to see him waived after three games this year, it's, it's tough for him. But, you know, there once you get to that point in your career and you can't keep up with how fast the game is now in today's world, 
And that's, I mean, that's, it's just a business, right? Yeah. I, and you know, the Leafs have done this in the past. They, they place a player on waivers with the intention of either, you know, keeping them there or claiming them right back. And, you know, for Spezza to come out and say, I, I don't want to play for another team. I think that's his strategy of saying, please, for the love of God, no one pick me up off waivers because I want to be picked back up by the Leafs. Yeah. He's a Toronto boy. He probably doesn't want to move his family anymore. You know, this is, this is probably the last hurrah for him in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think the Leafs are, are looking good. They've got some stuff that they need to work out, obviously. Um, I think they, they need to get a little bit tighter on defense. But going forward, I, I, I think this team is going to have a fun year. Did you see that Amazon Prime chose this season to follow the Leafs and document this entire season, much like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance? Could be interesting where this season Why did goes they choose them? this year, Neil? Uh, do they know something i think i know why but do you know why i think i know why but i don't want to say it right now neil because i'm afraid to jinx it 1967 this is the year the year of the 67 so that's the that's the lucky number this year that's all i'm gonna say on that because i don't want to you know knock on wood right now yeah but uh yeah should we talk about the big event coming up this saturday there is a big weekend in the ufc coming up we got ufc 257 in Abu Dhabi. Justin Poirier is one of the most prolific finishers on this roster top to bottom. The whole journey has been incredible. I'm doing what I love to do. I like Dustin. I think he's a good fighter. He's even a great fighter, you know, but great is still levels below me. The absolute nature of his confidence is compelling. I'll knock Dustin out inside 60 seconds. Poirier continues to land! January 23rd, I'm gonna get my hand raised by any means necessary. This is going to be a good one, Neil. What are your What are your thoughts? Uh, I think this is going to be a really great fight between uh, the two lightweight contenders. They're both fighting in Abu Dhabi. I strongly believe Conor McGregor is going to be winning this match via knockout. I I just think you know, like with the accuracy and power that Conor possesses, as well as the quick footwork, that's going to be enough. You know, although Poirier has been staying much more busier in the cage than Connor over the last four years. I think the idea of Connor getting a title shot with this win will fuel his his hunger. Not yeah. to mention, the guy has not stopped training at any moment. You know, he's just continued training. I think, like, just the idea and motivation that he has going into this match is going to be enough. My bold prediction here is... You know, maybe not in the first round or first sixty seconds, as he claims he's going to. Claims, yeah. He claims he's going to knock him out in sixty seconds. seconds. Yeah. I think Connor wins this match easier. He's he won the first matchup between these two two years ago. I think he's going to be winning in the third round here via knockout. Yeah, I think it's part of Conor McGregor's contract that he has to come out and say he's going to knock him out in the first sixty seconds. That's part of his PR contract is that he has to say that. Uh, But yeah, Conor McGregor coming out of retirement for the. 756th time um you know for this big fight i i think you know if conor mcgregor keeps him on his feet i think he has a good chance of winning yeah i mean there's no one better at hyping up a match or, or promoting a match than conor mcgregor and i think you know the way he goes about it it's it's a psychological warfare that he plays and he plays it really well uh, yeah, no, this is going to be a good fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and now that, you know, we, we can't go to bars to, you know, pay the cover and watch these these matches, these UFC matches, you know, UFC is going to probably be making a lot more money because everyone's sitting at home watching them. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see this match. 
All right, so NFL Divisional Weekend happened this weekend. And man, this was, at least Sunday was pretty fun. Saturday was, you know, it happened. But Sunday had some great matches to it. Did you see the uh, the, the Nickelodeon game that happened this weekend? Which was the, the, the Saints and Bucks game. The Grandpa Bowl. The Grandpa Bowl, the old bowl. Yeah. It was great. Uh, did you see the video of them, you know, before the game on the field, you know, playing around with their kids? I did, I did, and... You know, I, I also saw it after the game. And, and you know, my, my one takeaway from this game was just the Tom Brady greatness continuing. You know, like just he's had so much success in the AFC all those years with the New England Patriots. Uh, I think I saw that he won the AFC championship or he made it to the AFC championship 13 times out of 20 seasons. 13 times. Yeah, and... Now he's made it to the NFC Championship. He's one for one. You know, actually, he's funny one enough, for one, yeah. he's one for one. I saw, I saw this meme earlier today, where um, it was saying the amount of, of appearances since 1997 in the NFC Championship, and it said Tom Brady in the NFC for one year, one appearance in the NFC Championship. It also threw shade at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, Dallas Cowboy fans. But I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sorry either. No. They've had 24 years in the NFC, zero appearances in the NFC Championship. You know, last night he did have some help from his stout defense with the four takeaways. Drew Brees did not play his best game. If this is, in fact, his last game, he's not going out on a high. Um, But Brady did come through when it mattered most. I I think Drew Brees does retire after this year. I think he's done. I think him and Ben Roethlisberger are going to have, you know, great times at the home. But, um, yeah, no, the way he left, if you saw the video of Drew Brees, you know, waving to the fans as he was leaving the field, he was crying. And he, he knows. He has to know that, that this is his last year. There is a chance that he returns next year, but I don't know. You know, just the way he, he went out, you saw the video of him playing with his kids, um, throwing balls around with Tom Brady at the end of the game. I mean, that just to me signals the fact that he, in fact, has played his last snap in the NFL. Yeah, this was a this was a fun game, like hands down. This was, you know, these these two quarterbacks knowing that this is either the last year or the last, you know, couple of years that they have in this league and just giving it their all. And it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. League's not going to be the same without, without uh, Drew Brees. It's really not. And the Saints are going to look completely different. They are. I don't know if you saw those. I mean, everyone saw what Taysom Hill is capable of. But, you know, it changes the dynamic of that team. You know, Alvin Kamara was a completely different running back without without Drew Brees, right? So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If, the, if the Saints decide to keep both Winston and Taysom Hill next year, we'll, we'll see. Is Michael Thomas still one of the greatest wide receivers if Drew Brees is not? Well, he run like he ran like forty nine slants last night. You know, yeah, slant machine. He was a slant machine. Last no night. catches, zero catches in the entire game for one of the best wide receivers in the league. If this were if if the fantasy football season was still going, I'd be rage dropping him. Oh my god! Especially man. if this was fantasy playoffs. I I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be tough especially for him next season if Breeze isn't back. But mm-hmm. even with Breeze, I mean, you saw what happened in that game. It's not, in my opinion, the the Bucks defense did play really well last night, especially their front four. But their cornerbacks and their safeties are not 
necessarily known as shut down the shut down defensive players yeah i mean so for them to neutralize a player such as michael thomas i know he's coming back from a serious ankle injury but he sat out most of the season this year yeah the the i mean he sucked in that game last night he, straight up telling it like he it did is. not make a difference in that secondary traquan smith looked way better than he did yeah. catching that 50 52 yarder yeah on that thrown by winston yeah. yeah that was insane I mean, that was so, that was the Bears play with Wims that didn't work, but it worked last night for Jameis Winston. That was uh, that was crazy. But uh, in that game specifically, Tampa's defense is just so good. The, the amount of you know interceptions they had last night, the amount of times they just shut down the Saints' offense. I think they won that game, and I think if they do make it to the Super Bowl and they end up winning the Super Bowl, the defense is going to be primarily the reason. You know, it wasn't all, all Drew Brees' fault, too. I know one of the interceptions was on a tip, uh, a tipped catch, and um, they got an interception that way. But they shot themselves. They had four takeaways, the Bucks did, and the Saints just shot themselves in the foot. I know Jared Cook lost a fumble. That really that really hurt yeah. them. And yeah. this, this, I mean, can, keep this in mind. This was a very close game going into the fourth quarter and then the bucks just ran away with it they did they did but yeah going into i think halftime it was each team had two field goals and two touchdowns yeah. or one touchdown one touchdown two field goals or something like that yeah yeah um some other news from this weekend mahomes is out with a concussion yeah i mean he uh he did exit the game he didn't finish the game the uh legendary chad henny came in and sealed the deal hey, for anything for is possible you know yeah, did you see that? This, <laughs> they Mahomes actually tweeted um, this image of the, or the 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 gif of Kevin Garnett from his Boston Celtics win championship, saying anything <laughs> is possible, and he anything's tw- possible. Hashtag anything is possible. Yeah. So I thought that was great, even though he threw an interception. Did you see the way that game ended in the last two and a half minutes with the play calling? With the play calling, like the play calling on the Brown side, but specifically the play calling on the Chiefs offensive. The offensive play calling was ridiculously, I mean, it was, it surprised everyone. It surprised Tony Romo. Tony Romo was, it sounded like he was losing his mind, but you, you have to hear this. Only Andy Reid gets it shotgun on fourth of an inch. And finishes the ball with his quarterback. There's no way he shocked everybody. I mean, that is impossible. I've never seen it. Yeah, no, that's to hear Tony Romo like have that sort of reaction when normally he's calling the calls before they even happen. Most Tony Romo is really good at at play calling and seeing plays coming before they actually take place. He's 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 really good with that. That's I was impressed with his play calling, but just the yeah. play call on fourth and one or fourth and inches. With one minute left in the KC Cleveland game, yeah. everyone in the entire world thinks you're gonna just you know either do a quarterback sneak, or you're gonna get your running back to just run it in and get you that first down and win. I you mean, the game. for fuck's sakes, you're on the you're on the 50 yard line with yeah. a minute left. If this play didn't work out, Cleveland now has a ball in KC territory with a shot to win the game. I mean, this this had to have been the most and to not only that but to throw the ball out of a shotgun formation on fourth and inches it's it blew my mind but andy reed 
he he doesn't give a shit. Like that he was will, that was the flex play of the playoffs. Like you think I'm gonna do this? This is what I have. No myself. one saw that coming. Yeah. No one saw that coming. That the Browns defense didn't even think they were gonna run a play. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. They thought they were just gonna you know maybe call a timeout and try and get them to jump offside. The way I, I really do hope Mahomes does come back because I really need to see him in the Super Bowl again. The way Mahomes throws, the 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 vision he has on the field is just poetic. Yeah, like, he, there's no one that does it better. He doesn't even put effort into his throws, and he'll whip it down the field. Like he'll just he won't even move his body. He'll just move his arm, and it just goes down the field. It's there's, insane. There's no one like him, right? I mean, the, he played through a, a really what looked like a serious toe injury in this game. Yeah, he was definitely injured before that concussion happened, and he and was playing through it. It didn't look like he. It didn't look like his his head got driven into the ground, but his head and neck area got hit, and you know that he. He got up, and obviously he couldn't get his footing under him. Um, but from reports that I'm hearing after the game, he passed all of his tests. It should should be interesting to see how practices go this week. But I um, I mean, if I had to guess right now, I, th- I think he would play this week. If he can get cleared by Saturday, I think you have a good shot at playing Sunday. But it looks like he might even come down to a game-time decision. Yeah. I have faith that we'll see him again in the. In if playoffs. we don't see him, hey, you never know. Anything is possible. Anything, anything's possible. Chad oh, Henny, great. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That was his first time playing in a playoff game as well. Yeah. Uh, have you? Have you by chance? I mean, we all know that Travis Kelsey is a great tight end. A great tight end. He can probably outrun yeah, most he's players. He's one. On he's one bad man. I'll tell you that. He is. Travis one. Kelsey was single-handedly the reason that a lot of players, a lot of teams won their fantasy football league this year for the tight end position yeah yeah. i mean it's such a difference maker right yeah but have you have you by chance come across the show Moonbase eight on crave no because travis kelsey is in that show is he he is actually an actor in that show show? he acts in that show and it completely caught me off guard i just thought i was watching and you know a fun show with john c Riley and fred armison and lo and behold in the opening credits (laughs) travis kelsey Oh, he has like a main role in the. Yeah, in the you show. gotta watch it. It's insane. He and he he holds his own. I mean, like, yeah, he does well. I'm so sick of him doing well. I'm so, so sick good. of his beautiful face. Did he's, I say that out loud? I did. He's so good. Uh, how about them Bills, Neil? Bills Nation, kudos. Remember the times. Remember the good old days when the Bills were bad. Do you remember those those fun times when we could just make fun of the Bills and yeah. you know Bills fans were all around you, especially in Toronto. And, you know, they just they just laughed it off, too, because they knew the Bills were bad. But now you can't say anything to them anymore, Neil, because they they actually are a good team. And they're going into the conference. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. We're just willing his team to victory here. Defense yeah. looked so good, too. Yeah, it was know, a defensive game. There were there were not a lot of score attempts. There were um, a lot of field goals that didn't happen in this game because it was the win bowl of the weekend. A lot of errors by the Ravens, you know, like um, two missed field goals by the most accurate field goal kicker of all time Yeah, in the first half. I yeah. mean, that, not only is that a punch in the gut, but, I mean, in a close game, you need those, those field goals, yeah. right? It's going to be a big matchup next week. Bills, Chiefs. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. And, you know, if if Mahomes is out of that game, that's going to be a complete difference maker. I'm hoping he's back because I really want to see the... I mean, I you know, Bills fans love you. A lot of you are going to hate me for this. But um, I, I really hope the Chiefs win that game next weekend. Should be a good game even if um, Mahomes doesn't... Like, he's not ready to suit up. 
with all the weapons that KC has, they should still be okay. I'm really, really excited to watch that other matchup, though. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Brady versus Rodgers. Another, a- another somewhat old bull. Another somewhat... Uh... I think Aaron Rodgers is like 36 or something like that. But even so, they've had some really epic battles over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think um, with both teams kind of coming on strong the last couple weeks, you've seen some real real big plays from the Green Bay offense with Devontae Adams. Um, I think we're going to see a really, really good game here. It might be a shootout in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams in this past game between the Packers and the Rams, Devontae Adams just had Jalen Ramsey in his pocket. Devontae Adams went up pregame. This kind of started a little stir between the two of them. They had to be separated. But he went up to Jalen Ramsey pregame and said, hey, I want you to shadow me the entire game. (laughs) The entire game. He's like, you know what? You say you're so good, bring it on. I'm going to beat you every single route. I'm going to beat you. And that's he, what he said. And he, he did. did. He did. Yeah. yeah. And the Packers, I mean, we all know, especially with Cooper Cup being out before that game even started, we, uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious that the Packers were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the way they did it was just, they're, they're ready for Tom Brady next weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all that we have for you for episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for all the love we, we got over uh, the week after we launched episode one. It really meant a lot. Yeah. Thank you all for for giving us so much support over this past week. You guys are the reason we do this. We love talking sports. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 